0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Movie Brats Podcast. I am Carter, and joining me as always is Jonathan. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great. And last week, uh, we looked back to our favorite movies of 2018. And this week, we will be looking forward to our most anticipated movies of the rest of the year. And I think we're going to count down our top 10 here. Jonathan can sort of give you a little breakdown of uh, the criteria with what we're looking for right here.
1: So these films are ones that either are going to open theatrically in the U.S. in 2019. Some of them might have premiered at film festivals last year or in other countries, or the films are in post-production or at least already filming. We're not going to pick movies that some directors talked about making or they're, like Denis
0: Villeneuve's Dune or something like that.
1: Yeah, and um, there are films that could possibly end up happening. Like Clint Eastwood, you know, might turn out a movie by the end of the year because he's so fast. But <laughs> there's no schedule for him to have one. But yeah, so these are not just films that are have been discussed there in produ- uh, you know, in pre pre production. These are ones that you know very likely will at least premiere at a festival or open theatrically in the U.S. in 2019.
0: Alright, and I think I'm going to get us started today, to switch it up a little bit. And my number 10 most anticipated movie of 2019 is Star Wars Episode (laughs) Nine. Jonathan just made a face. It premieres on December 20th, 2019. Uh, It will be directed by J.J. Abrams, who directed the first installment of this third trilogy. And is the follow-up to The Last Jedi, which premiered... Uh, 2016 I think maybe 2017 I can't exactly remember but had very mixed reviews and
1: uh... no it's best reviewed film <laughs> since the original trilogy but had very
0: it... mixed audience reaction
1: yeah I have a lot to say about that I was actually just <laughs> arguing online with someone today about this <laughs> Which I I'm sure to... was
0: a very fruitful discussion
1: <laughs> the, the people who hate Star Wars the most are Star Wars fans
0: that's probably true because they have the yeah. highest expectations but, for every but movie. But you go
1: ahead and say what you're excited about and what you're looking forward to and talk about the movie yourself.
0: I'm just interested in seeing how the arcs are sort of settled because this is supposed to be you know, the final chapter in the saga. We'll see if that actually holds true. But Adam Driver's character, Kylo Ren, I've been particularly interested in uh, in his arc throughout the series. And Daisy Ridley, I think, has been a real revelation Um, In this new trilogy. and I don't know. I'm just sort of interested in seeing how they wrap it up. I'm not the hugest Star Wars fan. But this is just going to be such a big movie. Um, I'm just looking forward to see how. (laughs) I'm sort of more looking forward to the public reaction. Than the movie itself to be honest. Just to like see if it satisfies. The Star Wars fans who cannot be satisfied. And the general public. Who aren't necessarily the biggest Star Wars fans. If It delivers for them as well. But it's going to be. Either the biggest release of this year or the second biggest, so I'm just sort of of looking forward to what a major cinematic event is going to turn out to be.
1: Um, This is my relationship to Star Wars. The original trilogy is fine. I don't have an attachment to it. I never have. I tend to like darker sci-fi, Blade Runner, 2001, David Cronenberg, Under the Skin. Um, It's kiddie space opera, and... (laughs) I, I just I, I I don't really care. I don't think the original trilogy is bad. Now the George Lucas prequel trilogy is an abomination against cinema. J.J. <laughs> um, Abrams – Although Ewan
0: and McGregor isn't bad in it.
1: There's literally nothing good about the prequel trilogy. Oh, Ewan uh,
0: McGregor is not bad.
1: <laughs> but uh, the the J. J. Abrams the first one he did it was uh, very loving, you know, very loving. It was almost remake. a
0: remake of like the first one.
1: Yeah, the I I know that this doesn't mean anything to Star Wars fans because I don't care for Star Wars, but The Last Jedi to me is the best film in the whole series and I think that it is hard to argue that it is undoubtedly the best since the original trilogy.
0: Definitely has the best fight scene in any Star Wars movie.
1: But I that was The Last Jedi was the I went into it without expectations besides I basically was excited for a film written and directed by Rian Johnson that had Oscar Isaac and Laura Dern and Carrie Fisher, a really Fisher. big budget, <laughs> right? That I was—it just happened to be a Star Wars. Uh. But I—I I was really engaged. I found it thrilling and entertaining. It was the only time I was at all emotionally connected to the series, and I liked it even more than the film that won Best Picture, *The Shape of Water*, that year, which I also really liked. But I liked it even more. So I think that. You know, I'm looking forward to it in the sense that I hope that it continues me actually being interested in Star Wars. <laughs> but I don't have high hopes because it's – you know, you could argue Star Wars kind of killed cinema and made it stupid and created the It
0: introduced movie. the franchises and the, you know, studios really swinging for the fences trying to make a billion dollars with every movie.
1: Um, right. But, uh, you know, and uh, who's um, – Richard E. Grant's going to be in it, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's got a – I th- yeah, Richard E. Grant's
0: in it. Um, they're going to recreate uh, Carrie Fisher somehow. But, I mean, it's got a good cast. I really like John Boyega. Oscar Isaac is fantastic. Donald Gleason is one of the best character actors working today. It's really funny that all these <laughs> really talented actors are in Star Wars. But, uh, I
1: mean, I don't think it's going to be awful. I think it's going to be good. I thoroughly enjoyed the Last Jedi, and I—I I don't know why, but I actually Matt Smith's in it. it, huh? Doctor
0: Who? He was Doctor Who a couple of years ago.
1: I was going to say that I—I um, I actually was entertained by Solo. Like it had a bunch of problems, and oh my I went. Gosh, to see I
0: stopped watching that movie after the first ten minutes. I was like, "This is so bad!" I like literally couldn't keep watching it.
1: My opinion <laughs> of Star Wars is like you have to completely take it with that. I have no attachment, and I don't care. Yeah, but. And I want to see the version that what well, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller what is it their, they did the Lego yeah, movie yeah yeah 21 jump Street they they I read that they wanted to shoot it to look like McCabe and Mrs. Miller and <laughs> they and, and but the problem is that tonally that it was yeah. they that were making like Ace Ventura they' were turning Han Solo into ace Ventura and that they, they were improvising. But um, anyway this, Apparently the,
0: that was the big thing Is that the guy who wrote the script Was very disrespected That they weren't using his script Because <laughs> well, it was I, like I, Lawrence Kasdan or whatever Who wrote like you know, uh, Indiana Jones And Empire Strikes Back
1: And all that I, I just wish that They did what they did With Rian Johnson Is that They gave him What did you, know, you know This is where JJ left off The series You can write and direct Your own filming Do whatever you want They mm. basically gave him creative freedom, from what I've heard, him talk in interviews. So I just, you know, I don't think that they're doing that with most of the... There's been all these directors that have been yeah. fired or quit. the Colin Trevorrow or the guy who did Jurassic World. Yeah, he
0: was originally supposed to do Star Wars
1: Episode Nine. Yeah. It dropped
0: out yeah. like a couple years ago, I think, before it really got into production.
1: I texted you, I have this back and forth about, um, if do I want big really talented directors doing movies. Like, the David Fincher ended up not, he's not going to do the sequel to World War Z. And part of me is like, if you're going to do a movie like that, hire a really talented director and leave him alone. But at the other, on the other hand, I don't want someone as talented as Fincher at the height of his creative power to waste, uh-huh. like, five years of his life making a zombie sequel. When he sequel. could
0: make another Zodiac or something like that.
1: Exactly. But we're spending way too much time talking about Star Wars, but... Uh, <laughs> My uh, my number 10 is Pedro Amadovar's new film, Pain and Glory. Uh, It's going to star Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas, and it's opening in Spain on March 22nd, so almost certainly it will come out in the U.S. sometime this year. Uh, The plot synopsis on IMDb says, a film director reflects on the choices he's made in life as past and present come crashing down around him. Huh? Sort of like an eight-and-a-half kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds a lot like eight and a half. So you got Almodovar, the two of his best actors he's ever worked with. It's a movie about movies. You know, that's all I need. I mean, just <laughs> Almodovar is all I need to know, and I want to see it. But that ha- that just sounds so delicious and interesting. And I-, I I I've seen his last four films in the theater, I think. Uh, so I definitely want to see this. How- what what are- what have you seen of Almodovar?
0: Oh. uh Time me up, time me down, which I think might have been Ben first movie. Definitely his first movie with Almodovar. That's from the late 80s. Um
1: I don't think it's his first one with him.
0: Are you sure? What? Well, I it's think not it's in- a very young Antonio Banderas either way. It's like late 80s. It's a really it's a very kinky movie. It's sort of weird. Um
1: <laughs> Each I don't think that either, I don't think uh, Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas have been together in the Almodovar film, is that right?
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, If I had to guess, they're the two people who have appeared in the most of his movies. Um,
1: Just not together.
0: Yeah, he was in The Skin I Live In, uh, which is a very strange movie, but really, really good. Very particular Almodovar. He has a very specific sort of style, which is like psychosexual (laughs) sort of horror, but not really. It's kind of more of a thriller vein. Um, uh, Let's see. Volver is a really great movie. Uh, That's uh, Penelope Cruz.
1: Um he's one of those there I have a certain uh, number of directors that I've seen their first x number of movies and their you know most recent x number of movies like there's a gap in between mm-hmm. but, like Roman Plansky's that way and uh, there's certain directors that uh, there's like a chunk in the middle like I've been watching their films on home video in order and I've seen like their last four films in a theater when they originally came out but there's like I'm make I'm like filling in the gap so I've seen uh-huh. Almost like the first eight Amadovar films, and I've seen his last four in the. You know, so a lot of his best, most acclaimed films I've not seen. I've not seen all yeah, about. Yeah, like All About My uh, Mother, 1999, is a sort of transgender
0: mom son comedy. <laughs> also, most very people think hilarious.
1: that's one of his best films. Um, uh, it's
0: definitely his most approachable. I'll say that. Um, as weird as it may sound, like a comedy about transgender prostitutes, it's actually of a like, pretty. Uh, like, uh, congestible, as far well as Al-domar, Almodovar is concerned. Yeah. Well, the he has to a, her. It, the one that came out after that is a little <laughs> harder to approach. It's very weird, but a lot of people think that also might be his best movie. Right. And then Bad Education from after that is also. Uh, I would be wary uh, recommending that to most people, although it's, it's a really not, great movie.
1: He, along with David Cronenberg, is one of the directors that's never had a film not. Rated R or NC-17. Oh, or really? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's
0: not surprising, and, but I did not know that that was a fact.
1: Random trivia: Did you know that he's? Well, he's never made an English language film, but he almost was going to do Sister Act, the Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg nun movie, and he was really going to do it, but he just he backed out because he didn't think he was going to get creative control, and he didn't want to do it. He probably, and also have the way offered.
0: he wanted to do it.
1: <laughs> well, and also he was going to. He was offered Brokeback Mountain, oh, and, which Emily ended up doing. And they asked him, how would your film be different? And he just said, more sex, more sex. <laughs> because Brokeback's pretty tame. It's I can't not that remember bad. there being a sex scene. It's in the dark and like he spits in his... <laughs> yeah, uh, but okay, you, yeah. Don't see him, you don't <laughs> really see But um, yeah, he would have made it more carnal and animal-like. Yeah, But anyway, I'm very much looking forward to Pain and Glory, not the, the similar title of the Michael Bay film. <laughs> what is that one Dwayne called? Dwayne Johnson
0: Pain. and Pain and yeah. Gain, yeah.
1: Yeah. What's your number nine?
0: My number nine is another major blockbuster. It might end up being the biggest money maker of 2019: Avengers Endgame. Uh, are
1: you serious? <laughs> I, I, I could this literally is ten and nine. nine. This is pretty okay, low no, on my
0: most anticipated no, movies. Okay,
1: if if I listed, uh, I could list a hundred, literally a hundred films I care more about. You know, this, next...
0: these are the probably going to be the two biggest movies in the cultural conversation in 2019. Well,
1: but the American public are, is, you know, they're stupid.
0: Well, we'll see if all the sort of hype and everything ends up being justified, or if it's really, really waste of all of our time. Uh, all twenty one Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I was very disappointed by the last Avengers movie. A lot of people thought it was fantastic. I thought it was awful. I thought the <laughs> the ending had no power whatsoever. But a lot of people
1: thought it did. So, <laughs> Jonathan is just shaking his head. <laughs> I, have, I have only seen five of the 20 MCU films. I have virtually no interest in seeing any of them, except every so often something like Thor Ragnarok comes out, and I go, oh, I maybe should keep up with them so I can be up-to-date to see a film like that.
0: <laughs> well, this is similar sort of thoughts to Star Wars. I like kind of just am more anticipating the reaction to it than the film itself. And it comes out uh, in April, mid-April. Can't remember the date exactly, but <laughs> Avengers if Endgame, made... it's going to make $2 billion. It's going to be everywhere for a couple it's months. It's
1: going to be three hours, supposedly. It's
0: going to be very long. Um, if I made a list of Iron Man's going to die. Captain America's going to die. Because we all know that Robert Downey and Chris Evans contracts expire. So we'll see how they actually end up handling that.
1: If I made a list of the 10 films I have the least interest in seeing, it would be in the top 10. And basically <laughs> all the comic books. No, but I will say uh, – well, I won't give it away. In case, well, the, the only comic book film I really have interest in is the Joker film starring Joaquin Phoenix, yes. produced by Scorsese. Directed that by has, Todd
0: Phillips, who's yeah. made some interesting stuff.
1: Uh, but like that just intrigues me, like, what that film's going to be. But I, Avengers, this is, you know, the death of, of cinema. So, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to make $2
0: million. Everybody's going to see it. It comes out April 26th. Jonathan will not be one of the people to see it.
1: (laughs) No. Well, my number nine pick is also a science fiction film. It's James Gray's Ad Astra, which is scheduled to be released on May 24th and has a pretty incredible cast. Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland, Jamie Kennedy. Um, and <laughs> of the
0: Jamie he experience on MTV.
1: <laughs> yes. And, uh, this is uh, James Gray who's directed small little films like, uh, the two lovers and the immigrant. And then he got a little bigger with his previous film, the Lost city of Z, but this is him going to outer space, making a science fiction drama. And I don't really know anything about the plot and I don't want to know. It's just James Gray doing a sci-fi movie with that cast. I'm there. I want to see it on the big screen. As from soon as what we- I've
0: heard, he said he wants to make the most realistic depiction of space tra- space travel ever committed to film, which is pretty ambitious <laughs> from the sounds of it.
1: It's interesting. I've, I've listened to some interviews with him, and he's one of those uh, directors working today that's like a real cinema lover. You know, mm-hmm. he really knows his movies, and he's talked about the future of mm-hmm. cinema, and I just love the fact that it's it's probably going to be one of these movies that costs like 80 million dollars or something and it's going to make no money. Yeah. I worry about that. The kind that. of
0: movie that most studios are not willing to make.
1: They I either know, like making movies that are like
0: 2 million that'll make 20 or they make them for 200 and hope to make a billion.
1: Yeah, and I I remember um, hearing someone say recently that back in the day, you know, you had studio bosses that you know, wanted to make money and they were, you know, ruthless and they made bad decisions and they, you know, artists didn't like them, but they still had a love of film and cinema. Like they cared about movies and Mm -hmm. they knew movies. They were cinema literate. But, uh, and that back in the day, like the studio would make a handful of prestige pictures that they knew might not make a bunch of money because they wanted to get awards Mm -hmm. and they felt like, you know, we should make some good movies nowadays. It feels like even if it's a sci-fi movie, it's really, really hard to get these amazing directors, anything but a tiny little indie comedy or drama. Like that's all they can make for like a a million and a half dollars or 10 million, maybe. Yeah. Or they go make a MCU movie or a Star Wars movie. It's like the director or the writer is making a uh, comic book movie. <laughs> For That's real, pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she made these like the, as low budget, like indie, tiny, like docu realistic. Oh, movies. I mean, like
0: the people who made Half Nelson, I think, are doing a Marvel movie.
1: Well, and the person who uh, there's a female director named Kate Shortland, I think's her name, and she did a movie called Lore. She had a film just premiere uh, at Berlin, I think but she's doing Captain Marvel or she, no, she's yeah. doing, um, yeah. Captain yeah, Marvel's she, the people who did, no, she's, uh, doing Black, no, she's doing Black Widow. That's what she's doing.
0: Yeah. Captain Marvel's the people who did a, uh, what is it? Mississippi grind. Uh, right. Which but, was a uh, pretty <laughs> low budget sort of movie. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, but leave them alone. That's the thing. Don't yeah. hire these people. It's like, I remember Lars von Trier one time said what Hollywood likes to do is hire talented directors and then completely have them erase their creative thumbprint. He said yeah, everything
0: that makes them worth hiring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you avoid Batman. You should avoid Batman. You know, like like you should not do movies like that, but uh, every so often they do give people freedom. But mm-hmm. what's your uh, number? Uh, next one.
0: My number eight is a director coming off of a Marvel movie. <laughs> it is Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Which, the synopsis for this is just insane, so I'll just read it off of Wikipedia. Jojo Rabbit Betzler is a young boy living during World War II. His only escapism is through his imaginary friend, an ethnically inaccurate version of Adolf Hitler, who expo- who pushes the boy's naive, patriotic beliefs. However, this all changes when a young girl challenges those views and causes Jojo to face his own issues. <laughs> it stars uh, jo- uh, Scarlett Johansson as... Uh, the title character's mom, and Taika Waititi, the director, is playing Adolf Hitler, (laughs) a Maori New Zealand Adolf Hitler. Uh, Sam Rockwell's also going to be in it as, I think, like an SS captain or something like that. Uh, Rebel Wilson, who's in seemingly every comedy that's released these days, is also going to be in it. And also Stephen Merchant, co-creator of The Office and uh, director of Fighting With My Family, which is coming out this year. Um, <laughs> this weekend. Oh, it comes out this weekend. But this movie just sounds absolutely, absolutely insane. Uh, I've loved everything Taika Waititi's done so far. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is obviously the biggest movie he's released. But Hunt for the Wilder People came out a couple years ago and w- was one of my favorite movies from the year it was released. A really uh, heartwarming, but also a very sort of quirky comedy. Uh, one that most people would like if they gave it a chance and watched it. But uh, Jojo Rabbit sounds insane. As soon as the uh, press release that it was going to be made was announced, I was like, "This sounds so weird." I can't wait to see what this actually ends up looking like. Uh, what are your thoughts about this one?
1: It's definitely one of the films I'm most intrigued about uh, next uh, this year. I Just to it's, see it's, what uh, it
0: ends up being,
1: <laughs> like yeah, tonally. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, how he's gonna. Uh, you know, get away with it, or what he's going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always like to say, you know, Scarlett Johansson's in a bunch of these MCU films, but she has made some really awesome career choices. She's worked with interesting directors, Woody Allen, Sofia Coppola, uh, Jonathan Glazer in Under the Skin. She's been in some really interesting. She's going to be a Noah Baumbach's film this year um yeah i i i look forward to seeing what she she's uh you know she she works with a lot of cool people and does interesting things and
0: she doesn't do uh, a lot of comedies um so i'm interested to see what she's like in this one
1: yeah and when she isn't a comedy it's usually something like lost in translation or ghost world it's <laughs> yeah not, which I, is
0: not really a comedy <laughs> uh
1: well yeah it is but it's a, like a comedy no, it's a very sad
0: comedy <laughs> it's a, i'm laughing and i'm also contemplating my existence kind of movie
1: Well, uh, my number eight film has actually already been released, but I have not seen it yet. It is 88-year-old Jean-Luc Godard's collage film, The Image Book, and it premiered last May at Cannes, and it came out theatrically in the U.S. last month, but I hope to see it. It's scheduled to play at a theater reasonably close to me. Maybe not that reason. It's in Atlanta, I'll have to drive two and a half hours, but damn it. It's Goddard. I'm gonna go see it. It's uh gotten pretty good reviews. It has a 75 on Metacritic. Um most critics basically say that it's beautiful and challenging and they don't really know what the hell Godard is <laughs> trying to say. Uh but you know, you just you gotta respect your elders and it's, I'm, I'm going to sit back and just let the film wash over me, and, you know, I I can't deny that I probably won't understand most of it, but <laughs> I'm waiting for the experience.
0: And while I don't necessarily agree with it, a lot of people do think Godar is the most important director who ever lived, so it probably is worth seeing his latest movie. Cause... He's
1: he's one of those that he has a new film, if you care about cinema, you need to at least see it, Yeah, I think. But, uh, Cause yeah. Because so, we
0: don't know how many more we're going to get. How old is he? Like 88? Yeah, 88. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anya Svard is 90 and has a film premiering at in Berlin, like today or tomorrow <laughs> That's or real crazy. soon. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's still people, you know, he's, uh, Godard and Clint Eastwood are the same age. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah. I don't uh, think
0: of those people together very often.
1: Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I love the fact that he didn't show up to the Cannes Film Festival, but they FaceTimed him and they had the (laughs) journalist. Thinking about Jean-Luc
0: Godard using FaceTime is very funny to (laughs) me.
1: I know. I think he was even smoking a cigar on the other end. But, um, I mean, his previous feature film, uh, Goodbye to Language, was in 3D, and I thought that was a really beautiful, confounding movie, but I thought it was one of the best uses of 3D I've ever seen. So he's still pushing the boundaries of what cinema is, and – um, I haven't even actually seen a lot of Godard's film, but uh, a lot of his movies. But I need to, you know, I need to take my vegetables and go see the English <laughs> book. I so, haven't
0: seen a lot of his movies past uh, the nineteen sixties. I've seen a lot of his from then.
1: Um, right. if you ever get to see good vital language in a theater in 3d jump at the chance Uh, (laughs) it's really it's it it, there are things in it that i like don't know how he did it like that made my eyeballs like turn in a weird way it's putting two shots together yeah so he's still a master filmmaker even if people don't really know what he's trying to you know uh, who knows maybe he knows what he's saying but maybe he's you know pulling a prank on us he's kind of a prank you know he's kind of a Prankster director, like sort of that. like
0: Marcel Duchamp, like putting a toilet in the art gallery. It's that kind of mentality.
1: Right. Well, we'll see what it's going to. Be. I I definitely plan on seeing it if it ends up playing in Atlanta, like it's scheduled to. But what's what's your number uh, uh, seven?
0: My number seven is made by a director who worked in the Star Wars franchise very recently. It is Knives Out by Ryan Johnson which is scheduled... Is it Rian
1: Johnson, right? Rian, Rian right? Rian yeah. Johnson. I'm, I'm always correcting how you pronounce it. It's, not, it's Vigo Vigo. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Rian
0: Johnson, the release date is uh, November 27th. We don't know a whole lot about this movie. Uh, its premise is described as a modern take on the whodunit murder mystery, so maybe some sort of uh, Agatha Christie and then there were none kind of tale. But the cast for it is absolutely insane and that's uh, pretty much why I'm looking forward to it. It's got Daniel Craig as seemingly the main character, uh, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon, Ana de Armas, who was in the uh, recent Blade Runner movie, uh, Don Johnson, which is very nice to see him in movies like this, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Christopher Plummer, and uh, Jaden Laborhair, who was in uh, It, which came out recently. Um, but yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know it was shot in Boston, and it stopped filming late last year, and <laughs> its cast is absolutely loaded. And Rian Johnson, I'm excited to see what he does coming off of Star Wars, where even if he was given a lot of freedom, it was still working within uh, you know, an existing franchise and universe. So to see him totally get like complete freedom in a story of his own making will be very interesting to see.
1: I've been a fan of his since Brick, uh, and I really like Looper. So, I, like I said, even though it was a Star Wars film, I was excited for a Rian Johnson film. So, uh, with that cast, absolutely, I'm very excited uh, to see what that's going to be. And I don't know about you, but with a movie like that, and basically any of these movies, like <laughs> I don't want to know what it's about. I just yeah. want to see it. Like, yeah. I don't, like, there are movies that come Although out, I'm going to be excited to see the trailer and stuff like that there's uh, not for that one but there's certain directors that like i don't want i don't even watch the trailers for their films like i purposely didn't watch the trailer for the killing of a sacred deer when it came out because i knew i just want to know as little as possible uh i didn't watch the uh trailer for uh jango and chain when it came out i just wanted to see the movie oh yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah i like to know as little as possible like if if are you gonna watch the trailer for once upon a time in hollywood I probably, I mean, sometimes I've done this before where I close my eyes during a trailer (laughs) and I push my ear uh, so I can't hear it.
0: (laughs) That is a psycho move.
1: (laughs) I know. But uh, yeah, there's, I mean, like there's certain trailers. My favorite film of the century, Synecdoche in New York, gives away a major thing in the trailer and I don't like that. They give away too much in trailers. A lot of times they do.
0: Trying like, right. to sell the movie, they give away like a shot from the climax, and you're like, "What else could that be but the climax?"
1: <laughs> well, uh, my uh, my number seven is a film that I didn't really need to watch the trailer for because I just it's one of my top ten living directors, uh, Mike Lee, his new film Peterloo, which premiered uh, September last year at Venice, and it was going to come out last year, but it didn't get as universally acclaimed reviews, as he usually does. It has a 70 on Metacritic right now. Um, but Which is he pretty has low for
0: Mike Lee. Usually it's I, like 90, 85.
1: I know. Uh, but it's scheduled to come out through Amazon on April 5th. And on it streaming? Actually, uh, well, with Amazon, they always go to theaters first. Uh, that's true. Um, but it's a film that actually it has a few people that he's worked with Uh, But it doesn't have Timothy Spall or Leslie Manville. It doesn't have a lot of his usual people, Sally Hawkins. It's a lot of first-time actors or people that not not have been in very much. But it's about the Peterloo Massacre. Uh, uh, The main criticism I've heard is that it's like a two-hour and 30-something minute, very talky historical film. But, I mean, his film, Mr. Turner, from a few years ago. Very
0: talky, very slow.
1: Yeah, but it uh, was in my top five of that year, or, or top ten at least. It was amazing. I, I adore He's him. very good
0: at capturing authentic details from, like, the British past.
1: Yeah, the the best And making you, you see topsy-turvy. like you're seeing, like, history unfold. Well, Topsy-Turvy is the One best of my experience. favorite
0: movies. Incredible movie about Gilbert and Sullivan.
1: Yeah, it's um, – the thing with Mike Lee, I would say that if I could – if I could pick one director to live to be 120 and keep making movies and be like in the right mind and physically able, I think it might be Mike Lee. Like I, it, it it's a gift. I remember Roger Ebert said that like, it, it, every time a, a Mike Lee film comes out, it's like a gift. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's so beautiful. And I mean, honestly, I've seen all of his theatrical films and a number of his TV movies, which if you haven't seen those, they are, amazing and some of the funniest films I've ever seen, especially Nuts in May and Abigail's Party. But, I mean, his weakest film is still amazing. Like, I don't dislike any of his movies. And uh, I just, I, 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 even though this film has not gotten as amazing reviews as most of his, uh, I, I absolutely can't wait to see it, uh, Peter Liu, uh April 5th.
0: Mm-hmm. So that takes us to my number six movie of this upcoming year, which will be Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, uh, titled Us, which is coming out on March 22nd. Uh, we've gotten a trailer for it already, which was uh, uh, very vague, didn't get reveal a whole lot about the plot, which is good, because I I don't want too much to be spoiled by this one. Get Out was a revelation when it came out a couple years ago. We all knew Jordan Peele from uh, Key and Peele and stuff like that, but to see him make a movie and, as a first-time director, be very, very confident about what he wanted to do and what he wanted to say, uh, I'm very excited for his second movie. It's another horror movie in the same sort of vein as Get Out, but uh, (laughs) I really could not tell you what it's actually about. The, uh, The trailer and the premises I've seen are very sort of vague, don't give a whole lot out, but... Jonathan it, seems like he really wants to say something.
1: <laughs> well, no, It just seems like the uh, black invasion of the Stepford Wives. Invasion of the Body Snatcher Stepford yeah. Wives. Time, maybe. Um, That's probably and, a
0: good way to describe it.
1: Get Out has the Stepford Wives thing, too. Yeah, um, with the suburbia
0: uh, and sort of...
1: Right. I, I, I really thought Get Out was smart, and it was like a really good Twilight Zone episode done as a feature film. It was just... Uh, I mean, it's not really scary, but no. it's just very effective, and uh, Us looks a little bit more down and dirty, like a little bit more of a thrilling, you know... Looks attour. like it has more jump
0: scares and stuff like that.
1: Right. It's Maybe a know, little more violence. Right. Yeah, Get Out's not uh, too violent, but I, I'm showing Get Out in my film class in a few weeks, so I'm going to encourage my students to go see us um yeah i uh, am Lapita Niango's is a yep. great actress winston duke later.
0: who we uh, we saw in black panther last year elizabeth moss who's been one of the more interesting actresses in the last 10 years or so absolutely uh tim heidecker she- is also in it from uh, tim and eric uh i love him in eastbound and down season four um he hadn't been in a whole lot of movies but i'm interested to see what he looks like in this one
1: Right. Well, um, my uh, number six film is a horror movie of sorts. It's Jim Jarmusch's uh, zombie comedy, The Dead Don't Die, which has an amazing cast. A lot of people he's worked with before, Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Tom Waits, Chloe Sevigny, Caleb Landry-Jones, Selena Gomez, and Danny Glover. I mean, Jim Jarmusch you know, did a really quirky, wonderful vampire film with Tilda Swinton, Only Lovers Left Alive. And now he's doing a zombie comedy with Tilda Swinton (laughs) and Bill Murray and Steve like everyone I just mentioned. And like I seen a picture. Bill Murray's
0: second zombie comedy after Zombieland.
1: I know. One of the best lines in cinema history is, when he says, do you have any regrets? Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) But I I saw a picture online uh, behind the scenes of, Adam Driver in a cop outfit wielding a giant machete, and I'm like, I'm so ready for this. Like, Adam I don't Driver, know
0: but... who keeps working with seemingly every top-notch director in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, it's insane. In like ten years, he's worked with uh, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, the Coen Brothers, Steven Soderbergh, Spike Lee, Terry Jones, everyone, um, Clint Eastwood,
0: Terry Gilliam. The...
1: Yeah, did I say the Coen Brothers? Yeah, I mean they've. Yeah, it's... but I mean. Jim Jarmusch doing a zombie comedy. That's just like, I'm, you know, a lot of these, you know, it's the director. I'm there for that, but add on top of it, that cast and it's a zombie film. It's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. The
0: final product will definitely be very singular. Uh, it
1: will be, it will be disappointing if it's like not good, but yeah. I have high hopes for it. Oh, the Dead mean, yeah. it doesn't have a release date, but I wouldn't be shocked if it premiered, um, at can, uh, I think they're finished shooting, okay. but, um, I'll just say this. I never thought that there would be a year where two of the films I'm most excited for have Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's your number? Uh, n- next number? My year.
0: number five also might premiere at Cannes, and it also does not have a release date, and it might not come out in 2019. And that is the reason it is so low on my list, because if it had a definite release date, it would be number one. It is Terrence Malick's Radigund, uh, which is his follow-up to uh, the documentaries he made a couple years ago about uh, the creation of the universe. Uh, what were those called again?
1: Well, Wasn't Song to Song technically more uh, recent? Ah, that's true.
0: Song to Song technically is more recent. His uh, <laughs> examination of uh, the Austin music scene.
1: Which uh, you and I saw together in the theater.
0: And is actually really fantastic. But it yeah, definitely I, I seems rushed. Good. And this one he really seems to be taking his time on. Uh, it was completed something like two years ago. Jonathan mentioned uh, before we started recording that one of the actors in it died <laughs> in early 2017 and finished filming all of his parts.
1: So... Yeah, it's uh, Michael Nickquist, who is the, in the, the male lead in the Swedish version, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He died in June of 2017, and I'm pretty sure he had finished. Mm-hmm. So the film has been finished shooting, uh, I think, for like at least a year and a half.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it apparently is about... Uh, Franz Jaeger Slater, who was a conscious, conscientious, conscientious objector in Austria in World War II and ends up being executed by the Nazis for his beliefs. So um, expect something very uh, thoughtful on the nature of war and the nature of humanity and our relationships to other humans and all sorts of existential questions that... Uh, Terrence Malick likes to ponder in his usually very long and very ponderous movies, which I happen to be a very, very big fan of.
1: Well, I'm definitely a big fan. This is the number one film I'm looking forward to this year, if it comes out. If it this comes year.
0: out this year, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, it's uh, reportedly it's uh, his most narrative film since The New World, and even that film's not all that narrative. Yeah. I don't think he's he's ever really made a narrative film besides Badlands. Well,
0: his first movie yeah. might be his most right. narrative.
1: <laughs> uh, it's his first foreign language film. Um, it he also... is a
0: fluent German speaker. Uh, he was known for translating uh, German philosophical texts before he directed movies. So. I'm interested Uh, to see him doing a a movie in German.
1: I think that people have kind of gotten tired of him after doing his, what I call, the trilogy of white A-list movie stars twirling in a field, whispering existential narration. Or walking Uh, on a
0: beach barefoot.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, But this film, I mean, I think that we might be... Shocked that he'll come out with like a masterpiece, and we'll be like, "Oh wait, why do and we like ever?" Like, wins best doubt? picture,
0: and is that in for best director, and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it'll be two years in a row where a foreign language film wins best. Fi- but um, <laughs> I th- how do you pronounce this actor's name? Matti- uh, Matthias. Matthias Arts. Yeah, and it has Bruno Gantz who played Hitler, mm-hmm. um, August Diehl so-
0: who uh, was the SS uh, officer in the bar scene in *Glorious Bastards*.
1: And he was in the Young Crawl marks. Um, also, Salt
0: with Angelina Jolie.
1: It's some of these actors <laughs> you look at, like the guy who passed away. Like he was in John Wick. Um, but uh, yeah, this is um, my number one film. I'm looking forward to. I'm pretty sure uh, it will come out sometime this year, at least at a film festival. Like I would be surprised if it. Di- I mean, I was surprised <laughs> it didn't come out last year, but I would think like by now, unless he's just gonna like edit, edit the film it
0: until he dies, basically. <laughs>
1: right uh I mean I, I think we can bet that when Malik dies he will be like in the process of editing a movie. Oh
0: yeah, he'll have like hundreds of hours of unfinished right. footage
1: <laughs> right well um so that's my number one uh now who's uh who who should go next i uh, I think you should do your number five. Okay, my number five, I mentioned that uh, Selena Gomez has two films in my top ten. Uh, this is a film that also might not come out this year. I would think it would. It, I thought it would come out last year it also. It was the
0: subject of a recent lawsuit.
1: Yeah, it's Woody Allen's A Rainy Day in New York, which has an incredible cast. It has Timothy Chalamet, Elle Fanning, Diego Luna, Liv Schreiber, Rebecca Hall, Jude Law, Selena Gomez, Cherry Jones, Suki Waterhouse. Uh, it's finished. It has an MPAA rating. Uh, oh my but, god, it
0: really has gone that far.
1: Yeah, it's like in the can. Um, oh. And he recently, it came out in the news that he is suing Amazon because he made a deal with him. He did a television series right. and he signed, I think, like a five film deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he has only done two of them, Cafe Society and Wonder Wheel. And he's, Which apparently he's used some of his own money to finance and i just i don't want to get into the the personal you know but his big
0: gripe is that it's based on stuff that amazon was very well aware of when they signed the contract
1: right which is true i I mean i don't i mean i'll just say i think he's innocent i don't think he molested his daughter i think this is baloney and that his film should come out and that I respect if someone truly thinks that he did something horrible and they don't want to see his films fine, but I don't like what is what Amazon has done. Considering
0: and they knew about the allegations when he yeah. signed the
1: contract. And I don't like when people say, oh, he married his daughter, and he, they and they don't know the facts of the story. Okay. Like, if you truly know the facts and you still believe it, I respect that, but I don't and think it he it. It makes
0: me a pharaoh in a pretty negative light. Uh, <laughs> most of um, the stuff I've heard about it.
1: Right, but um, just... You know, art and artists separate them. I I adore Woody Allen. He's one of my five favorite living directors. I've seen every single one of his nearly 50 films. This has been the first year in decades that last year was the first year where he hadn't had a film because uh, he's done almost a film a year since 1969. Um, so he's 83 years old and I wouldn't even, it's possible that he'll have two films come out this year because mm-hmm. he shoots one. He might, you know, shoot one and have it out by the end of the year, but, uh, it, I don't know how, so there'll be a certain actors I won't work with them anymore. Yeah, even but though there have,
0: have been also done. been people who have publicly
1: supported him and like Javier Bardem and mm-hmm. Sherry Jones.
0: Yes. who have worked uh, with him uh, in previous movies.
1: Yeah, but I mean, no offense, but like, fuck Greta Gerwig and uh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Hall and uh, Rachel Bronstein or whoever's from. M- Maze, like, yeah, yeah, it's like, like what what bothers me is that these are twenty five years old allegations. It's bullshit that you're like, oh, I regret working. Like you knew it. You knew everybody you already, know. already knew. Yeah, it's been this 25 was years.
0: very well known to anybody who.
1: Yeah. It's, paid it, any
0: attention to anything?
1: Yeah, that you, you know, it's you know, it, it, I, I saw some Onion article that says aspiring actor hopes to one day uh, talk about being discussed, you know, being cast in a Woody Allen movie so that he can talk about regretting being in it. You know, <laughs> it's that it's you know, yeah. all of them knew about it. So yeah, anyway. but we're very
0: happy to be in a Woody Allen movie at the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and he, I I'm the first to admit that he's hit or miss these days um but i still this is me being and he a still
0: pre- makes a good movie like midnight in paris was fantastic blue jasmine was really yeah. good
1: and i totally don't understand how you don't think match point is like one of his like five <laughs> best films in the last 20 years uh but uh you said you didn't like it but uh anyway I like
0: vicky Cristina barcelona more i like their movies i like better
1: the way i feel about him is i've seen i've literally seen every movie he's directed his worst film is like still like three out of five stars to me. Like they always have great acting, and you know sometimes he's just going. The through one the with
0: much... Emma Stone and uh, Colin Firth was not very good.
1: Magic it was in the okay, moonlight, yeah. um, but it's I think it's a two and a that... half out of five. <laughs> well, the thing for me is, I know this is super pretentious, but I said if I had a choice between rewatching Woody Allen's worst film or ever seeing a comic book film again, no contest. I would rather rewatch you know whatever works or you will whatever be intelligent... works
0: is not good
1: <laughs> yeah but it's better than like you know 80% it's better than of...
0: ant-man and the wasp
1: well i just you know he, he makes adult films like they're intelligent mm. and they have amazing actors but anyway a rainy day in new york who knows when it will come out i would assume somehow it's supposedly going to come out in europe um yeah, you know the french shirt, don't but... give a shit <laughs> yeah I it mean is love Plans- all
0: tour cinema.
1: Yeah, Klansky's doing a film. I mean, he had one come out at Cannes in 2017 that's never come out in the US called Based on a True Story that he wrote with Olivia Sassis and he has he's filming a movie with Jean, Duda- Jean Dujardin and like an amazing French cast. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what's your next one?
0: Uh my number 4 is uh directed and written by Armando Iannucci. He just had The Death of Stalin last year. It is the personal history of David Copperfield, an adaptation adaptation of the novel of the same name by Charles Dickens. Uh, it is apparently going to be an updated version of it that takes place in the 21st century. I'm not sure about the details of that, but the cast for it is really fantastic. It's got Dev Patel as David Copperfield, and he hadn't been to a lot of stuff. I think Lion is the last big movie I remember him being in. But I've always liked him as an actor ever since Slumdog Millionaire. He's not the best. He's not the most charismatic. But he's a solid actor. Uh, But the supporting cast is really what's special. It's got Tilda Swinton as Betsy Trotwood. Who's one of my favorite characters in all of Dickens. It's David Copperfield's aunt who's just uh, hilarious. And it's a perfect bit of casting. Uh, It's also got Hugh Laurie. uh, Ben Whishaw. Peter Capaldi. Uh, who was Doctor Who and also is fantastic in In The Loop. Uh, It's got Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones, uh, Benedict Wong, uh, Anrin Barnard, who was in Dunkirk, and uh, some other stuff. He was in the War and Peace (laughs) TV show, which not a lot of people watched, but I watched because I like adaptations. (laughs) (laughs) It it was okay. But he's a very good actor. And uh, I don't know a whole lot about the details, but this is maybe my favorite book of all time, David Copperfield. So I'm very excited that someone is making a a movie out of it. And someone as talented as Armando Iannucci, who created Veep, he made Death of Stalin, which came out last year and is really fantastic. Uh, He wrote in the loop. I'm not sure if he directed it. Oh, yes. He did direct it? Yes. Yeah, which is a great movie. It was nominated for Best Screenplay when it came out, which was a big shock to everybody. But... I'm very much looking forward to this movie.
1: I, I think that it's not going to really be a comedy. It's going to be like his most dramatic film.
0: Uh, there are some very harrowing moments in David Copperfield. It's got a general light tone in it. Um, It's going to be very much up Armando Iannucci's alley. Because even like Veep is <laughs> a sort of serious comedy. Like it's funny, but it's like, you know, pretty dark in some sections. Death of Stalin had some very harrowing scenes in it, so...
1: uh, The way he
0: mixes comedy and tragedy and all that sort of stuff, I find really fantastic.
1: I mean, you can't always trust IMDb, but it just has it under drama. It doesn't say comedy, so we'll see what the tone is. Um, I would be
0: surprised if an Armando Iannucci movie was not at least a little bit funny.
1: Yeah, he's one of those people that's hard to imagine it not being humorous. Yeah, because he's
0: just such a witty person. And he actually co-wrote it with Simon Blackwell, who... Uh, is one of the co-creators of VEEP so
1: um well my number 4 pick I have a feeling is a movie that's somewhere in your top 10 uh, it's uh Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that's my number
0: uh,
1: 1 Oh your number 1 okay it's going to come out on July 26 they buffed it up the date recently um it's uh, the 50th anniversary of the Manson murders which is part of what the film is about and I'll take a deep breath to list <laughs> the cast. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate, Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Timothy Oliphant, Emile Hirsch, Tim Roth, James Marsden, Scoop McNary, Damian Lewis, Justin but- uh, Austin Butler, Clifton, Colin Jr., Luke Perry, uh, Bruce Dern, Brenda Vaccaro, Lena Dunham, Zoe Bell, Danny Strong, all are in it. And I'm leaving out a few people. but
0: Like Michael Madsen? I think is in a
1: Yeah, he usually shows up. Um, I uh, Tarantino's last two films have been two of his weaker movies. I I really like Django and Shane, but I had problems with it, and I really don't like The Hateful Eight. Yeah. So I'm like, for my hate money, it.
0: Hateful Eight is his worst movie.
1: Yeah, I think it is. Um, Death Proof is better. Um, but at I least think it's that...
0: only two hours long.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, he needs to stop making he, he needs to stop making nearly three hour good the bad and the ugly you know films and other genres he needs to just so maybe this will be it when I first heard about it that Tarantino was going to do a Manson film I, my first reaction was ugh oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, <laughs> it's going to
0: be a train wreck
1: Well, what he said is that he said it before that he could never make a film like The Exorcist because that is such a serious horror film and all of his movies even though I wouldn't call any of them a they're comedy pastiche. they're all funny they all have humor in them, yeah. And to me, the Manson murder is like devoid of humor, and There's I still a lot to
0: find funny it. in it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I have a feeling that this film could be like really bad, but I hope it's not. I mean, it has a great cast, but uh, it could definitely
0: have a lot of blowback because.
1: Yeah, I just like I don't know how he's going to treat the Manson murders if it's going to be this kitschy. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to take it seriously. I hope they don't show
0: him. To be honest.
1: Well, no, he is the yeah. cast. The oh, same actor man. that was played him. In I Mind know Hand. he
0: had cast the Charles Manson and stuff like that, but oh man,
1: it is, it gonna, be... is it going to be like on the set of Psycho where they had yeah. a chair that said Mrs. Bates on it and made <laughs> yeah. obviously cast? But um yeah, so it's your. Why is it num- your number one?
0: Uh, mostly because of the cast. Um, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, are two of the people who have done the most interesting stuff in Quentin Tarantino movies recently. I think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained was <laughs> one of his better performances in recent years when he, I think uh, Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street is also one. So maybe he's going to play like an asshole like he was in those two movies because I find asshole Leo very compelling. And yeah, then Brad Pitt, I, I think one
1: of his best performances is Revolutionary Road where he plays, like it's just marriage falling apart. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: But then Brad Pitt who was Aldo Rain in in Glorious Bastards and, was absolutely fantastic in that, so I'm just interested in seeing uh, them reunited with Gwen Tarantino, and uh, him making you know a movie about Hollywood. I find very interesting for someone who is as obsessed with pop culture and the mystique of Los Angeles and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, it's got like just a crazy cast in that more than anything, and like seeing like Damian Lewis is playing Steve McQueen. Um, so just seeing how he treats these sort of legendary figures in the history of Hollywood, I, it's going to be really interesting. And it, it it could be a disaster. I'm When you were just mentioning it, I hadn't really thought about it, but I'm very worried about how he's going to portray the, the Sharon Tate murders. Because <laughs> I've read about that stuff, and there's very little to find uh, funny or anything like that
1: about it. Um, I'm one of these people that thinks that any subject, even a real event, can make a you know can a good film can be made of it. But there, I almost want to say like d- like don't don't glorify Manson, don't portray him. He was like a gross yeah. you know guy who you know it's like I, I don't want to see him in a movie. Like it just like don't let, let's just forget about him. I mean, he's an he is an important figure, but he shouldn't be. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I, I'm definitely uh, – But there's just I so would... much, like, buzz about it,
0: and <laughs> I just want to see it. I just want to see what the final product is like because – Yeah,
1: and we don't know, like, what the – I mean, we've heard it's about two TV stars and that it's set – And you know, stunt in the... double, yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, who knows what it's really going to be about and how it's yeah. going to be in – The Manson murders are going to be in it, mm-hmm. you know. But so, it has gotten um, Sharon Tate's sister has given it her blessing. Oh, really? Yeah. So
0: take that for what it's worth. But
1: Right. Um, when the trailer
0: drops for this, it's going to be mass hysteria. People are going to freak out about it. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be very, very big when it comes out.
1: Are you one of those people that really admires Tarantino, but also you're kind of like, oh, Quentin. You're like that, too. Oh, he really does not
0: know how to handle himself in public. And it's just... <laughs>
1: I I heard one film critic say one time that he is a filmmaker that it's like a 12 year old boy and he invites you into his basement and he like puts on all his favorite scenes from movies and he won't let you talk. And he's like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And he is (laughs) kind of obnoxious and he, he, his movies are like a cobbled together, a bunch of other movies, but he does it masterfully sometimes. Like I love Kill Bill. And I, I still think that like without question, like, by a huge margin the best thing he's ever done is pulp fiction like top five of the 90s definitely I know the most like influential. It but um yeah so i'm definitely intrigued by the film but and just um, to see how where... it
0: is as a follow-up to the hateful eight because the hateful eight was just him giving in to his worst impulses and him thinking everything that he made was just the best thing and I couldn't cut any scene because every scene was so perfect. So obviously it's going to be three and a half hours and have an intermission in it, even though no movies have intermissions ever these days.
1: But- um, it, I think that it was set really sad when his longtime editor died at a young age. And I like artists having total creative freedom, but there are certain artists that need someone to – tap them on the knuckles and say you know cut this out to quentin tighten this up this needs to lose 20 minutes like yeah. almost all of his movies uh you know besides reservoir dog need to be like 15 minutes or less yeah or, reservoir or, dog
0: but, is like the only one that's like less than two and a half hours
1: <laughs> i know it's uh, yeah i mean that's if you count kill bill as one yeah. well, and if you count Grindhouse is like the whole experience when you saw it but um even
0: like jackie brown is <laughs>
1: really yeah. long
0: and it's not epic yeah. in scope or I, anything like that
1: i dude. think pulp fiction and jackie brown are like almost exactly the same length they're like two hours and 34 minutes or something <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, when you're watching but, jackie brown you're just like why is this still going this could have been but, like 90 minutes long
1: but i think i uh, well we don't need to rank all of his movies we can do that sometime maybe but um you want should i do mine or do, where where are we on the I list i know what my number next is we are but, on um, your number four right Well, my number no, that was once upon time Time. in Hollywood. Yeah. So So do you want to do my number
0: three? Is my number four was David Copperfield? (laughs) We're going off the rails here.
1: (laughs) No, well, it's because we have overlapping, which is. But my
0: number three uh, most anticipated movie of 2019 is the follow-up to one of the more interesting movies to come out by a first-time director in recent years. It is. Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig, it is her follow-up to Lady Bird, which was a critical darling when it came out, and people did not expect a whole lot from it. This one is coming with my. Uh, I, know, yeah. I,
1: I mean, people love her, and you were. I think people were hoping that it would be good. Oh, uh, I
0: know, but it ended up being you know nominated for like seven Oscars and stuff like that, and yeah. I didn't expect that when I first heard Greta Gerwig was making a movie. Yeah, it's
1: a lovely film. I, lo- I I it was in my top ten of the year.
0: Oh yeah, it's fantastic. So and she's reuniting with Saoirse Ronan, who was uh, the star of Lady Bird, and uh, also included in the cast are uh, Emma Watson, uh, Florence Pugh, who was in Little Drummer Girl, and Lady Macbeth, uh, Eliza Scanlon, who was in uh, that HBO TV show Sharp Objects. Uh, which just came out last year, Laura Dern, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Meryl Streep, James Norton, uh, Bob Odenkirk, Chris Cooper, just an incredible cast. And uh, this is, <laughs> seems like about as a, as awards-baity as a movie can get. Uh, adaptation of Great American Novel, uh, up-and-coming director Greta Gerwig, uh, really all-star cast. Um, but I'm expecting a lot, because as, like, you know prestige as this movie is uh she'll bring the same sensibilities that uh she had with lady bird which was a very personal movie and uh gave a glimpse and insight into uh, young women that uh you don't see in a whole lot of movies so very interested to see what she does with uh, a story that's been adapted uh off the top of the head like five or six times uh as recently as two years ago um
1: It's it's one of those films. There's probably been like three silent versions, and one of two of them are lost. But yeah, (laughs) um, yeah, there was one with Catherine Hepburn. Yep, one uh, uh,
0: from the forties with
1: Janet Lee. Forties with Janet Lee. It's from 1949, I I think. Oh, um, and there was one in the '90s with Winona Ryder that uh-huh. got really good reviews. Um, but yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm looking. I mean, that cast. I mean, Meryl Streep and you know all those uh, great actors and Greta Gerwig. Her second feature, technically, she co-directed a film like ten years before. Uh, but it's her as a solo director. Was that with Noah
0: Baumbach? Yeah. What movie was
1: that? No, it was a film with Joe Swanberg. I think. Ah, okay. But anyway, uh, but her second as a solo director. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely uh, interested in seeing this. And I know you like the kind of period piece. Oh, I uh, love it. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a couple of We've seen tea. Well,
0: pictures of the set. We haven't seen anything like a trailer of that. but um, Right. I, <laughs> as soon as this was announced, I'm going to be like, this sound is unreal. And it was originally supposed to have Emma Stone uh, as the oldest March sister, but she was replaced by Emma Watson because she had to do uh, press for The Favorite which is a real shame because if Emma Stone was in this, it would just take it over the top, and <laughs> I'd be like, get this movie out today.
1: Do you think that uh, Greta Gerwig will become the first uh, female director nominated twice for Best Director? Oh, possibly? I think
0: you can bank that. If you can bet on that, like, go ahead and do it right now. Little Women's gonna be. Yeah. I, this it movie could be is shit. not not gonna get nominated for ten Oscars. It is just like so perfectly up their alley. Like even. With the way like they're looking for big storylines, it's got a female director, mostly female cast. It's like it just hits all the buzz things. It's gonna be an Oscar phenomenon. I just
1: well, my number three pick will probably not get nominated for any Oscars. (laughs) Uh, It's also directed by a woman, and it stars a young, uh, uh, popular movie star. Uh, It's Claire Denis, High Life. Her violent, sexually charged uh, film that stars Robert Pattinson, Juliette Binoche, Andre Benjamin, and Mia Goth uh, Mm -hmm. premiered at the Toronto Film Festival uh, last September. It's coming out very
0: divisive reactions from what I remember.
1: Uh, (laughs) It does have an 81 on Metacritic right now, um, but uh, I, you know, people walked out of the premiere. It's supposed to be uh, pretty out there, like literally, you know, out there in space. But also, um, you know,
0: we had we do have a trailer for it. It came out a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I showed it to my horror class um, and uh, I'm looking for it. Yeah, I I it's one of those movies that I know I don't want to know any more about it. Like, I just want to see it. I, I don't want to, you know, have it, you know, spoilers. It's just about babies and like sex and starting a
0: new colony elsewhere (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i mean i i've heard there's a scene where julia pinoche walks with uh his uh robert pattinson's semen in her cupped in her hand and uh you know you had me at that julia pinoche (sighs) with a handful of cum you know zero gravity yeah um so yeah it's called high life um i wish i i i did go up to the New York Film Festival last year, but it wasn't playing when, that one weekend. I, I really wanted to see it. Uh, but High Life is definitely uh, the one of the WTF films that I'm most looking forward to this year. And the other one uh, that's not uh, in my top ten, but it's high up, uh, I really want to see Gaspar Noe's Climax. Those are the two like that will have you know, people not you know uncomfortable movies, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, High Life I'm very excited for, and I haven't actually seen many of the director's films. I've only seen two of them, and one of them was her previous one with Julia Pinoch, which was a romantic comedy, which is like you know. Hey, comedy. at least you
0: get some range,
1: <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's I'm very very excited for it. So my
0: number two, I think this might be. Our last one, because I'm guessing this is going to be number two on your list as well, is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, uh, which is a Netflix movie, and uh, apparently finished shooting last year uh, in October, something like that.
1: But. I saw them filming a scene in Brooklyn. I saw on the internet that they were going to be shooting, so I stood outside in the cold for many hours just watching them film and I didn't see any famous actors or even Scorsese anywhere. Oh really? I, <laughs> uh, they were filming <laughs> They were just doing
0: B-roll of like the street.
1: <laughs> I know. Um someone we went to NYU with was working as a grip on the film. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was really cool seeing the old-timey cars and the uh, it was like a laundry service so in the movie I'll go hey I was there <laughs> it, might, it might be like they filmed it for like hours and hours I bet it might be like a like a 20 second shot in the movie it's an establishing shot and they cut to yeah, inside but, <laughs> Yeah. What t- uh, what's the reason that it's taking so long Carter well
0: a uh, big reason is that we are getting new cutting edge technology to de-age the three stars of the movie Robert De Niro, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci and we have seen the budget for the movie balloon up to a reported $200 million, which is absurd for a movie which is, uh, you know, a crime drama about a labor official to cost $200 uh, a million. Netflix. Dollars.
1: and Netflix.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which is going to get uh, not a huge wide release from what uh, I've heard, although I think they're making an exception for Scorsese that's going to be something like four weeks in theaters. Yeah. Um, I guess the details will have to be ironed out at a future date. But the supporting cast for this is uh, pretty impressive. It's got Anna Paquin, Bobby Cannavale, Ray Romano, Harvey Keitel, Stephen Graham, Jack Houston, uh, Action Bronson, uh, the rapper, uh, Jim Norton, isn't it, as Don Rickles? Uh, but uh, Jesse yeah. Plemons. Jesse Plemons, who's been in some very interesting stuff recently. But, yeah, Al Pacino is playing Jimmy Hoffa. So, uh, I mean, the movie sounds incredible, and we haven't it's seen Scorsese do, like, a New York crime movie in some time, maybe since uh... –
1: Gangs of New York I, technically is a crime New York crime movie. <laughs> yeah, um, but
0: this is, like, said in, uh, you know, when he was growing Casino, up in New York and stuff like it, that.
1: It's the it's the first film. Uh, is Casino the last one he did with De Niro?
0: I think it might be, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been almost And he has never
0: years. worked with Al Pacino, right?
1: That's right. And it's um Joe Pesci hasn't been in like I think he's been in like Since, two movies. Uh, 20- the
0: Good Shepherd, right? The Robert De Niro movie. He was
1: of- he was in a movie um with Helen Mirren that her husband directed called Love Ranch that got really bad reviews. Oh of- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And About he's one the of the, prostitution he has a,
0: ranch in Nevada. I remember I that. Think
1: he, I think he has a voice in like the Arthur and the invisibles like that, the French animated movie, oh, wow. like, but he hasn't, it's like he did a movie, isn't it called gone fishing in like 97 or something. And he's been in like two live action films since mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, I mean, they reportedly had to like really coax him out of retirement to be in the movie. But, I mean, De Niro, Pacino's, Pesci, Kaitel. Well, and the I mean,
0: young De Niro and Pesci. Like, what is this going to look like?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, is I it going to
0: be convincing at all? Like, I have so many questions about this.
1: Well, the thing that I... If you're not excited for a crime film directed by Martin Scorsese with those four people, like, I don't care to know you. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like some... you don't have
0: a pulse, but...
1: Yeah. I'm I mean, very
0: worried it's going to be a disaster. Like, $200 million is crazy. Like production budget for a movie like this i uh,
1: yeah it's just but i mean it's just i i don't know about you i just i love you know goodfellas and casino and oh those, yeah even casino is like I, I i hate when people go oh it's not as good as goodfellas well there's like eight there's like 18 <laughs> movies ever made that are <laughs> yeah, better exactly. than goodfellas so um it's casino written Casino Steve- it's
0: very much like an extension of goodfellas like uh Um, I think of it as like him trying to jam in all the songs that didn't make the soundtrack for uh, Goodfellas.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Steve Zalian wrote it, who has an amazing track record. Um, It's based on a book called I Heard You Paint Houses by Charles Brandt. Um, And reportedly the film is going to be out in October. An actor suggested that um, (laughs) recently. So uh yeah that's my number two of the year uh, i I am so excited and I'm I'm not as worried as I am about the Tarantino film like Scorsese... Well, yeah because the
0: subject matter is you know not as controversial or anything like
1: that yeah I mean I know you and I kind of disagreed like I actually thought it was really amazing what they did with um Sean Young and the new Blade Runner like that was amazing oh, yeah. kind of looked like crummy but I, you know that's not the same thing as but it's like it's amazing oh, it's how- just
0: like how are they gonna act? young like i understand how they can make them look young but like robert De is like hunched over like he's an old man he's like 80 something how's he gonna act like he's in his 30s
1: it's jump around I <laughs> yeah don't...
0: maybe it's this will be a testament to just how amazing all these actors really are if they can convince me that they're actually 60 years younger
1: Right. Um, I th- this was a film that was also in, uh, you know, high on my list. I was excited for it last year because I thought it was going to come out at, like at Oscar season at the end of the year, but mm-hmm. it's not going to come out till the next Oscar season because the post production is taking so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was confirmed in twenty fourteen. Like that is a long time ago.
1: Right. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I loved his last film, Silence, which nobody went to see in a yeah. theater. And but that was um, one
0: he wanted to make for a really long time, and I think The Irishman is similar. Like it's one he's thought about for a really long time. So,
1: and they just announced uh, that he's going to do with Leonardo DiCaprio a series for Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, like it's the
0: White it, City. That sounds fantastic.
1: Um, the thing that Scorsese said once in recent years, and I've heard a number of directors, you know, that are older, say that. At this point in their career, it's not what film they want to do next. It's what films do I not want to do, like that I'm not going to get to. Like they, you know, you got to pick the movie. You know, he's, you know, I don't know how long Scorsese, but the thing that's like I worry about is that uh, Michael Mann, Michael Hanukkah, Terrence Malick, uh, they're like all these amazing Werner Herzog that are all like seventy three to seventy six now. Mm. They're that they're, they're that old now. Uh, so and like Francis Ford Coppola is almost eighty.
0: Well, he he and, doesn't make movies anymore. He just makes wine.
1: Yeah, he wants to do live movies. You've heard his thing about him wanting to do, uh, like, like
0: what they've been doing with like the live stage stage productions on ABC or NBC or whatever. He
1: has, he has this idea of like broadcasting into movie theaters like live productions. But yeah, he's done two films. So in, it's like, just f- filmed stage, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's interesting that, the you know, you have the five big directors, like the Brat Packets, uh, was it Rat Pack? What do they call it? The, the movie Brats. Yeah. The, Where um, we take our name from. Yeah. Uh, so George Lucas hasn't done a film in, uh, you know, over a decade. Um, uh, Brian De Palma, you know, has, has a movie a coming film. out this year. Yeah, Domino. But yeah, well, I mean, you just want to go through and just very quickly list off some other ones that you're very excited for. Not go into long detail about them, but just list off some other ones.
0: Oh, yeah. Domino was one. Um, Cats, I think, is very intriguing. It's – uh, what's the guy's name? We did the King's Speech and uh, – Tom,
1: Tom Hooper, right?
0: Yeah. I'm not saying God. that I no, no, am, no. am excited for this, but just – I. I'm very intrigued to see what it actually looks like because I, I, <laughs> it sounds like a big reach from what I've read from it.
1: it it's it sounds like the worst thing ever in human history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, mean we'll
0: see. A lot of people who are big fans of theater hated the lemes that he did. So
1: <laughs> I now I'll say. He did a movie called The Damned United, and I'm not a – that's a really good film. That's his best movie. It's even better than The King's Speech, I I think. I agree with that, yeah. But I hated The Danish Girl. That is, like, dripping, throbbing Oscar porn. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It uh,
0: wasn't even nominated for a lot of Oscars.
1: (laughs) No, it was. It was nominated for Best
0: Best. Supporting Actress, right? Yeah, and it was nominated
1: for Best Actor. Oh, was it really? It was totally, like, a big Oscar contender. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a
0: real shame because they're –
1: Shit. Or not uh, a
0: lot of movies that are, like, more made to win Oscars than The Danish Girl yeah. was.
1: It should it should have, like, the way that Godard has, like, uh, flashing words on the screen. It should uh, say, like, Oscar porn, Oscar <laughs> porn. Yeah. Um, but I uh, – well, let me list a few that I'm really excited for. Other ones. Uh, Harmony Korine's The Beach Bum. Uh, yeah. Matthew uh,
0: McConaughey.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Snoop Dogg, Ilsa Fisher, Martin Lawrence, Zach Efron, Jonah Hill, and Jimmy Buffett is himself. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, there's Um, the uh, Zach Efron Ted Bundy movie. I can't remember the name of it.
1: It, The reviews weren't that good at Sundance. Ted
0: Bundy is very buzzworthy right now. He's very much in the news for some Um, reason.
1: Because Can You Ever Forgive Me was my second favorite film of last year. I'm very. Uh, uh,
0: Mario Heller, the. uh...
1: Yeah, uh, her uh, Mr. Rogers biopic starring Tom Hanks called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, It's going to have Chris Cooper in it also. Um,
0: After coming off of the documentary that just came out last year. Also,
1: exactly. Be my neighbor. Um, I'm also very excited about, uh, well it got kind of mixed reviews, but I'm really excited for dragged across concrete, the new film by S. Craig Zoller, who did bone Tomahawk and brawl in cell block 99. And it's, uh, stars Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Carpenter, Don Johnson, and uh, it's like a two hour and 30 something minute, really violent crime uh, thriller. And they say it's basically like if you took a, you know, 80 minute B noir film from the like 50s and you stretched it out for over two and a half hours and like you saw all the minutia of a crime going on in the bank robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And I, I don't want to know. If Zoller is like a right wing guy, because his films kind of have that feel, and like it's about two policemen that were, you know, put on uh, what do you call it when they're they they uh, they're put on hold, like what, administrative what, leave. Yeah, yeah. Because was, like, <laughs> give me your badge and your gun. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I you know, I don't want to know his personal politics, but um, I, I, yeah, I, the trailer just came out for that. I'm very intrigued. And then, um, just a few more. Uh, Toy I Story love, four. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I adore the the last one. Uh, In Chapter 2. I didn't see the first one. Uh, the Aladdin movie that's coming oh, out. <laughs> I, I just... No, Guy Ritchie, no, no.
0: Joker, no. the Todd Phillips Joker movie.
1: Intrigued by that. I want to see Kelly Rydark's film uh, First Cow. I, I love her. I think she might be the best living American uh, female director. Um I want to see, let's see, I'm going through my giant list I have. Uh, I want to see In Fabric. It's a horror film by Peter Strickland, who did Barbarian Sound Studio and the Duke of Burgundy. And it's gotten really good reviews. It played at Toronto last year. It's supposed to be this like really weird horror film about a dress. Huh. Um, and it has uh, Gwendolyn Christie in it. Mm. Um, Let's see. I don't need to go through everyone, but uh, I just want to hit – oh, The Laundromat. Steven Soderbergh had a film come out this past weekend on Netflix, and he's already finished shooting another movie that's about the Panama Papers that stars Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, and David Schwimmer. Wow. Can't keep Soderbergh down. He will make a movie in his sleep. I know, uh, the the lighthouse black and white horror film uh, shot on film by the director of The Witch starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson.
0: Robert Pattinson uh, just will not yeah. make a normal movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, and who knows if it will ever get out to theaters in the U.S., but The Man Who Killed Don Quixote premiered last May at Cannes. It got kind of mixed reviews. It finally got made, but it has Adam Driver and Jonathan mm. Pierce. Terry Gilliam has
0: are- been trying to make it for... Basically, like, my entire life.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I just uh, let's see. Just a few more of the top, top ones that aren't in my top ten. The parasite. Uh, John uh, June Ho Bong, who did Snowpiercer and mm. The Host, he has a new sci-fi. Where'd you go, Bernadette? The Richard Linklater movie. It keeps getting pushed back. It's supposed to come out last year. It was oh, going really? to. It's not going to come out till August now. It keeps wow. getting put. Yeah, I want to see that because it's Linklater. Yeah. Um, Kate Blanchett. And- yeah, um, the film I think that I want to see most that premiered at Sundance is The Souvenir, a Joanna Hogg's film that stars Tilda Swinton and her own real-life daughter, and it got amazing reviews. It's about a film student. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much uh, the main ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. *The uh, Uncut Gems, the new film by the Safdie brothers with Adam Sandler.
0: Yeah, we'll see if um, they're for real or not, or if they're just all a bunch of hype. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so we've listed plenty, but you uh, just want to go real quick through the top 10 again, countdown so we can see the right order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, you do yours.
0: Okay. Let me just pull
1: it up for a second. I just oh,
0: it I'll, out of it. Okay,
1: <laughs> I'll do mine. Okay. <laughs> 10, Pedro Almadovar's Pain and Glory. 9, James, James Gray's Ad Astra. 8, Jean Luc Godard's The Image Book. 7, Mike Lee's Peter Liu. 6, Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Five, Woody Allen's at Rainy Day in New York. Four, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Three, Claire Denise High Life. Two, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. And number one, Terrence Malick's Radigan, if it does come out this year.
0: <laughs> It's going to blow our minds if it actually does come out. Uh, mine are number ten, Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, Number nine, Avengers Endgame. Number eight, Jojo Rabbit number seven knives out uh number six us number five Radigand. number four the personal history of david copperfield number three little women number two the irishman and number one once upon a time in hollywood so thank you for listening to us this week hopefully 2019 is a great year for movies these are definitely a lot of interesting movies that we've talked about uh here, and uh, next week I think we'll do some Oscar predictions we've got the Oscars coming up uh, two Sundays from now um, so very much an awards season so thank you for listening and we'll be back next week you don't do no fancy clothes, but you get them goodness knows just show some civilian.